In the first book, Theophilus, Theophilus just means lover of God, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when He was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom He had chosen. After His suffering, He presented Himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, He ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, He said, is what you have heard from Me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked Him, Lord, is this the time when You will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When He had said this, as they were watching, He was lifted up, and a cloud took Him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw Him go into heaven. May the Lord bless the reading of this living Word. And may the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O God our Rock and our Redeemer. In the midst of pandemic, we pray with Reinhold Niebuhr, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There are some among us exercising great courage to change our fate, working tirelessly and at great risk to treat the sick and to race the clock to create a vaccine and to open a shuttered economy. But most of us are struggling to accept the things that we can't seem to change. We can't seem to stop people from being infected and dying. We can't seem to stop the markets from crashing. But the unchangeable truth we must accept in these days is that no matter how educated or healthy or wealthy we are, that we are not in control. That however much power we have as individuals or nations or even as a church, that we cannot manipulate the world we live in and Almighty God to protect ourselves and to get the things that we want. We are living in an apocalyptic time. And when I say apocalyptic, I don't mean that the world is ending, though it feels like that sometimes. What I'm saying is that the ultimate reality of life is being revealed for what it truly is. Apocalypse means uncovering. And what is being uncovered is that we are utterly dependent, not on our own power, but on the power of God in whom we live, and move and have our being. 
In this morning's story, Jesus tells His disciples to wait where they are for the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power that only God can give. And my prayer this morning for us is that as we are confronted with the limits of our own power, with the things that we cannot change, that we might hear Jesus more clearly saying to us, wait here, right where you are, for the power that only God can give. Don't try to escape by pining for the past, because the good old days were never as good as you remember them, and you can't go back Don't try to escape by fantasizing about the future because the future will never fit your expectations of it. Don't let your desire to do something, to accomplish something, to prove that you're worth something push you into mindless, busy work. Wait here. Wait in the questions that are too big to be answered with our own minds. Wait here in the wounds too deep to be healed with our own medicine. Wait in the burdens too heavy to be lifted by our own shoulders. Wait in the goals too big for us to accomplish in our own efforts. Wait in the promises that only God can ultimately fulfill. Jesus is telling us to wait here in the pregnant pause where we realize our power is not enough. Not despairing in the weakness Not despairing in our limits, but realizing that God's calling for our lives and for our life together as a church is so much bigger than we are. When the disciples met the resurrected Jesus through the locked doors of their grief, they realized that what they thought was the end was only the beginning. That the authorities could kill Jesus, but they could not destroy the kingdom of God inaugurated through His life because it would continue through them, the disciples. And just as their ancestors spent 40 years in the wilderness, and just as Jesus spent 40 days in the desert, the disciples had their own time of preparation before Jesus left, before going out on their own. Perhaps the main lesson Jesus was trying to teach them was what they could do with their own power and what was only possible through the power of God and how to know the difference between the two. Jesus tells them that the kingdom God will build with their lives will not be about political authority or military might, but the power of the Holy Spirit which can never be controlled, taken by force, but always and only received as a gift. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus commissions the disciples not to be the architects or the builders of the kingdom, but witnesses to its coming. And the primary role of a witness is not about your own doing or your own accomplishing. It's not about you at all. It's about giving testimony to what you see and what you hear. And Jesus tells the disciples they are not ready to be witnesses just yet. They had spent countless hours with Jesus over the last three years. They had not just seen Him teach 
and do miracles in public, but got to live life with Him behind the scenes. These disciples had seen the resurrected Lord with their own eyes and touched His wounds. And they had just had another 40 days of being taught about the kingdom of God. But the story of God's power they had seen and known firsthand in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus was not enough. They needed to be able to tell the next chapter of the story about God's power, the Holy Spirit that fell on Jesus falling on their lives after He ascended into heaven. And so they stayed where they were to wait for a power beyond their own. They stayed where they were and the text tells us they were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. And my friends, I wonder if we are being called to do the same in this moment of waiting. In this moment that we know the limits of our own power all too well. Much of our waiting has not been chosen. We were prohibited by law from gathering in person in this sanctuary for eight weeks. But last week, we made an intentional decision to wait longer. We decided to continue worship online only through phase one. We decided to protect each other and our neighbors, knowing that breathing the same air in the sanctuary for an hour of worship would be an unnecessary health risk in a time when an airborne virus is still spreading. But we also decided to protect the unity of this multi-generational community of faith, knowing that worship wouldn't really be worship if we all couldn't be together. But we have another intentional choice to make now. Well, we approach our waiting as a time of preparation for the new thing that God is doing among us, After the disciples waited in the upper room for ten days, the Holy Spirit fell on them in the day we call Pentecost, the birthday of the church. I don't know how long we will wait, but I wonder, what kind of rebirth does God have in mind for us? Will Willimon writes, our waiting implies that the things that need doing in our world are beyond our ability to accomplish solely by our own efforts, our own programs, and our own crusades. Some other empowerment is needed. We need to wait on the Lord because what God desires to do in us and through us, like those first disciples, is bigger than us, better than our plans, and beyond what we can accomplish on our own. And so like those first disciples, waiting for God's power, our waiting should also be constantly devoted to prayer. Some of you have said that this time of social isolation has made your prayer life stronger, but I know that for most of us, for a lot of us, it's hard to sit down and to pray even in normal times. It's hard to speak or think words of praise, thanksgiving, Petition, asking God for those things that we need. Or intercession, asking God for those things that other people need. And if that's how you feel, I want you to know that that's okay. Because I think that idea of sitting down in a quiet place for an extended period of time to think or speak words of prayer to God is a rather limited view 
of what it means to pray. Jesus tells us that our prayers don't need to be long because God knows what we need before we ask Him. Our prayers can be simple words or mantras that we speak or think over and over throughout the day. Anne Lamott says that the three essential prayers are help, thanks, and wow. I've been saying help, help, help a lot these days. This helps those of us who are too, re- too busy raising babies or making ends meet to sit down, or, and those of us who just focus better with our hands busy. We should not see a division between work and prayer or prayer and activity. Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection, a 17th century monk, learned that he could pray through humble tasks like cleaning the kitchen and fixing his brother's sandals. And all of this he did what he called practicing the presence of God. And sometimes prayer doesn't require words at all. But deep breathing with every inhale and exhale focused on becoming a blank slate for God. Jane Richardson talked about it being a hollowness that can receive what God is giving. How often do we stop thinking or talking to just listen and to make space for God? Sages as old as the written Hebrew language have suggested that the very name of God, Yahweh, never said by Jews, but only written in consonants, no vowels, Yod, Hey, Bob, Hey, is the very sound of breath. And accordingly, that every breath we take could be understood as us speaking the name of God in prayer. The Apostle Paul seems to say that God actually prays for us. Writing, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. Prayer isn't just about the words we say or think. It is a posture of openness to God in every part of our lives. What would, would ha- what would happen within our lives and within the life of this church if we committed in our waiting to, waiting to this kind of openness, to this kind of praying together? We can't gather in the same room like the apostles did, but if there's one thing we've learned in this time of social distancing, it's that nothing can separate us from the love of God and that nothing can separate us from our love from one another. We are connected through the miracle of the internet and apps like Zoom and Facebook Live. But more than this, by the Holy Spirit which connects the communion of saints through time and space. In our decision to wait to gather for worship until a time when more of us can gather safely is actually a great testimony of our faith in that kind of mysterious connection. I believe that God can use this pregnant pause in our life together for our church and the whole world to be reborn. Let us watch and wait and pray so that we don't miss it. Mary Oliver writes, Instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished. 
and tell about it. Maybe paying attention is what prayer is all about. I believe that if we pay attention, that God will astonish us. And sufficiently astonished, we will be witnesses. We will have a story to tell about the power of God in Danville and Southside Virginia and wherever the Holy Spirit sends us. In the name of our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, may it be so with us, however long it takes. Amen.